Today's episode of Down to Dunk is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options, and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon, and Tesla, for as little as $1. And that's with no commission fees or amount minimums. So whether you're new to investing and ready to learn, or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting and join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to Robinhood.com. All investments involve risk. This is not an investment advice, a recommendation, or a solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.co forward slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. Robinhood Financial is not a bank. I'm Deontay Burton, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Luke Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I'm not going to lie. I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Jerry's Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gilders Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robertson, and I'm down to dunk. On you. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me today are my boys, Jay Smith. What's up? It's Jay. Sorry. I got confused. <laughs> I know. It's confusing. And Taylor. Guess who's back? Back again. Russell's back. Tell a friend. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? It's Jay. <laughs> Man, last night, I st- this is my third podcast in eight hours to do. And wow. I still feel like there's not this will be your best one. Not enough words to say about really how well it was put together for the Thunder, how well it was put together for Russ, and like how every single person involved handled everything. It was a storybook night for the Oklahoma City Thunder and for Russell Westbrook. It was incredible. For an Oklahoma City fan, it could not have been more perfectly played out. The Russell Westbrook ovation welcome was powerful. Like, it was really, 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 really cool. Uh, In the arena, I got the chance to go, which was um, just an experience. Like, I heard John say this on the last night's Thunder After Dark, part of the uh, dream team is he said that it's one of those things that you will be telling people about that you were there or you remember whenever you grow older watching uh, that moment was just really, really cool. And in the arena, it just you couldn't hear anything like you could not hear mm-hmm. any part of the video. Like I had to rewatch it this morning and uh, and watching it this morning, I just could actually finally hear the um stuff that they were playing over it, his yeah. quotes, you just couldn't hear the arena because it was that unbelievably, unbelievably loud. And so it was uh, emotional. It was really, really cool. It was the fact, like, I don't know, they must have done it intentionally. Like, let's just, if we're going to do it, let's go the whole way. Because on top of doing just the uh, Russell stuff, they also unveiled the new city uniforms, which looked incredible. Yeah. Uh, 
it just was, I don't know, man. It was one of those nights where I really will in, in my life remember that night. I don't remember every game I've gone to, but that's most definitely one that I will, will not forget. And the other thing I will say real quick, Taylor, before I throw it over to you, is it also worked out perfectly because on top of the fact that the ovation was incredible, the Thunder absolutely rolled the Rockets. <laughs> so it could not have been a better thing for Thunder. Taylor, what do you got? I was gonna. I was watching on TV on TNT, and they split screen. They showed the video, like mm-hmm. TNT had the video, and then they showed Russell Westbrook watching the video. Yes. And <laughs> hold on, we're like, I gotta tell people what's happening. We're skyping each other on video, <laughs> and we're using hand signals to like talk yeah. to each other. Andrew's like, I came out a little bassy, and so I was trying to turn it on and see if I could check. Hey, is that better? And Taylor's like, Yes. <laughs> I wasn't it's to so distracting. It's so just, distracting. Uh, we're all distracting each other right yep. now. So anyway, <laughs> they were showing <laughs> they were showing Russell Westbrook watching it, and he was grinning from ear to ear the whole time, laughing. He was so into it. Mm-hmm. He was really, really into it, and it was cool. And the TNT guys were saying how Russ is going to be emotional, and I thought it was hilarious. Shaq was like, Russ isn't soft. Russ isn't emotional about this soft he's not soft and i was just like Shaq, you are the most you are still this repressed emotionally you still can't accept that like you have emotions and men have emotions about serious things I'm so sorry Shaq. And if, you, if, if you watch the tnt broadcast and then Shaq's like rockets by 20 yeah and then he started betting krispy kreme donuts and I guess Shaq is a franchiser of Krispy Kreme donuts, he and so he's literally yeah. just grabbing boxes of Krispy Kreme donuts off the side of his desk and passing him over to Chuck. <laughs> Chuck is like, "I'll take that bet," just handing him over all of these things. Here's the cool thing about that, man. So I rewatched a little bit of the TNT broadcast because I want to see what it felt like um, on TV, and so I watched a little bit of that broadcast. And number one, it was it felt it even even though it felt really cool. Like you even have guys like Bomani Jones, who's like, "It's wild." that the city of Oklahoma city loves Russell Westbrook as much as they do. It's really, really neat, but um, it didn't capture it, man. It did not fully capture how roaring that space was, but what was really neat for me is the thunder fan base. And I know you said this last night, Andrew, like the thunder fan base just nailed it, man, because it was insane for Russ. And so much so like I thought one of the cool kind of peripheral parts of it is you could watch the rockets, like the other teammates of the Rockets were kind of pumped up for Russ at a level. Like you saw Tyson Chandler and yep. McLemore, McLemore, and all of these guys doing these. Like it was really, it was a, it was a really, really cool moment. Uh, but then, as soon as they announced the rest of the starting lineup for the Rockets, uh, which you couldn't hear any of them in the arena. Like no. after Russell West, it was just so loud. I like, didn't know they did them. No, you heard like I faintly heard for Arizona real? State, and then it was yeah. the lights went off for the Thunder. And then, but then they actually responded with as loud, if not louder, roars for the Thunder too. Yep. Like they, were, the fan base was just on it perfectly last night. Mm-hmm. Um, because as soon as the game started, like some people cheered for Russ when he did cool stuff, but man, they were all all on the side of the Thunder. It was in, in barely. I mean, his first basket he scored people didn't know what to do no one no one did anything really on his first one and then you'd hear like a few like if he had a dunk that a few people cheered for but not everybody not i mean maybe two percent of the arena cheered for it i mean it was the the thunder fans were spot on they gave russ all the respect that he deserved and all the admiration all the cheers that he deserved at the beginning 
and it was. It was insanely loud. And then they completely shut that off, and I was like, okay, we love this team. And the truth is, this city has fallen in love with this Thunder team. And I, I don't know what Sam is going to do in the next month. Um, I, I really, I don't, because uh, he's kind of in a weird spot right now because this team is so good. Uh, but the, I don't know how, I don't know what this looks like if the Thunder have won nine games. I don't know if if it's the same atmosphere. It, how good this Thunder team has been and how good Chris Paul has been helped manufacture like the perfect night for Thunder fans that you could possibly imagine where Russ comes in. Russ plays well. Russ recognizes the moment. He plays well. He does everything perfectly. He's, I mean, after the game, not only was he just gracious with his time and with his answers, but he was like prompt. He showed up pretty quickly after the game and answered questions and was emotional himself. And the room didn't feel weird or awkward. He just, he was just a human person, Russell Westbrook. And it was just really cool. Everything about last night was just perfect. And you have to give a ton of credit to the Thunder for setting it up that way. And it was almost like a little over-emotional because you did have, like you said, Jay, you had the, the New Jerseys, you had like the bombing memorial stuff, you had all these things going on all at once. But I think some of that was that this was their only national TV game. And I thought it was when they cut to the scene of Mufasa dying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was, it was, it was very, it was a really just a surprisingly emotional night for everybody that was in the arena. I mean, it was, and then, and then you also leave the game thinking, and I've asked this question already, but like, how, how good is this team? Like, what, what can they, what can this team actually do? Because, they are competing with everybody and they're winning most of their games. And it's, and yeah, you, I mean, you so watch what, them and you don't think it's unsustainable. Like you're not like, Oh, okay. Like Thunder shot 55% from three for two weeks. Like this is going to, this is going to die soon. Like, that's not, no, that's not what's nights. happening. They beat the Nets. They beat the Nets. And it was like, if it wasn't for Chris Paul, kind of everybody else is very okay. Like yeah. number one is they had multiple guys that are key rotation players out, but, on top of that, Schroeder was very off. I got nervous watching Schroeder against the Nets. I was like, oh, man, is this when it all falls apart? And then he was <laughs> absolutely fire last night. He was great last Seven night. 7-11 from the field, 2 four from 3. He, was the, he had the, I mean, obviously off the bench, he was a plus 18. But, man, he was really, really good. And just giving it to Russ, which was a blast uh, to watch. And, you know, it's it's what you hear in the national stuff. Listen, I was listening to Hoop Collective and, they did this whole thing about, you know, who's the race for the eighth seed in the playoffs. Because for most people, it's pretty set in stone that the Thunder are one of the top seven. Like, there's not a question in a lot of people's mind. Like, yeah, the Thunder are a playoff team. And so the question is not who's going to be in that top seven rank. It's going to be who's going to get that eighth seed, you know. And so it's pretty neat. It does put Sam in a weird spot. And I wonder, you know, so I, one of the cool things that I got to see as well is Clay. Bennett and then Aubrey McClendon's wife uh, or widow were um, right there on that front row where they normally sit. Their family normally sits underneath the basket. Yeah. And after the game, Russell came over and gave Clay just a huge hug and then mm. gave Aubrey's widow a huge hug, which is a really neat moment, number one. But number two is I wonder, 
because here's the deal. Sam can have all of these ideas of what's next, right? Like, hey, we need to blow this thing up, tear it down so we can build up. But I wonder, like, watching this team play, if there is any part of the ownership, it, it doesn't feel like this. The Thunder ownership, I think one of their greatest qualities is their willingness to just let Sam run the team. Like, we trust you, Sam. We don't know basketball. You do, which is not the reality for a ton of teams, um, super dysfunctional teams especially. So, but I do wonder if Clay would just say, hey, like, let's just run it out with this team. Like, let's let's try to make, you know, we're not going to, we're not forsake the future for just to make this run. But I wonder if there's part of them that's like, this is a lot of fun. Like, there's obviously some energy. Dude, I, and you said this, I think it was maybe with your pal with Alex, like, I'm getting any friend I have that watches the Thunder um, and has watched the Thunder historically over the last decade, they come up to me and they're like, dude, this is a lot of fun. Like, mm-hmm. I love watching this team. Um, and so I wonder, just for the sake of, like, easing that transition to what's next for the Thunder, if they may – I don't know. The Covington thing makes a ton of sense to me mm-hmm. just because it is an asset that is going to be movable because you can move that again pretty easily either this summer or, you know, some point next year. Yep. Um, but it is one of those things where like, – I could see them just kind of running this thing out. But then at the same point, you hear Woj yesterday says Oklahoma City is open for business. Or maybe that was Wednesday or whatever. Um, so I don't know, man. It does put them in a, a precarious position going forward. But I, I do want to say just one thing real quick. Um, I've been wanting to say this, and I missed last week's pod because I was uh, at a retreat. And anyway, so I watched one of the things that NBA.com did uh at the end of 2019, heading into 2020s, they did all these like top hundred plays, shots, dunks, assists, all of these things of the 2010s. And it was really, really cool and really, really hard to watch because I, I mean, there were so many Thunder plays that were a part of the top plays mm-hmm. of the deck. And just recognize, so two things for me is number one is I think it's, there's an, an enormous affirmation of how great this run really was for Oklahoma city. And I think we took it for granted because it's all we really knew. Um, but man, the mark that this team made on a decade of basketball, one of the best decades in the history of NBA basketball um, was absolutely as enormous as almost every other team in the NBA. Like they were one of the three or four most significant teams of the 2010s. And that's something that just is a really cool marker of both Sam Presti, Clay Bennett, the ownership team, but also Russell Westbrook and even uh, Kevin Durant as a part of that. Because there was a ton of moments that you just watching like, holy crap, I forgot about that one. And it that's what it was. It was like 20 different moments in each one of those videos. Like, I forgot about that. And some of them were against the Thunder. But with moments like that that are that um, enormous against the Thunder, you obviously realize, like, it mattered. Um, to beat the Thunder, and so which is another thing. The other thing is, and this is maybe a nice transition to talk more about this team. Like, you also realize how fragile and how difficult it is to build a sustainably competitive team. Um, because man, like, you don't always hit two drafts like you do with Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant. Not to mention three with Harden and Serge Ibaka. Uh, you don't always have the injury luck. Not that the Thunder did. Obviously, they had multiple seasons where they were devastated by injuries. Um, but to s- sustain a run over a decade, man, it's just one of those things that makes me recognize how absolutely spoiled 
I am as a Thunder fan. And it was kind of like the Russell Westbrook night last night was like a cherry on top of kind of the closing part of that. It's a whole bunch of analogies. <laughs> the cherry on top of the closing of the page of the next book is this one, you know, like whatever. But it was this like perfect ending. And I think Dar- Darnell Mayberry said something like that. It was the perfect ending to that era. Mm-hmm. But at, I, I want, I hope Thunder fans at least took a minute to recognize like how incredibly good that era was because for me it's just like every year it felt like i ended with this like disappointment or frustration yeah but my goodness it was a decade decade of just uh fantastic basketball in oklahoma city which is a really cool thing and and i think the thunder have all of the likelihood and possibility and chances to to repeat that which is sam's goal uh not for another year to where hey can we get competitive and get the second round, but how do we build another decade of excellence? Mm-hmm. Um, which is important to remember, but man, it's just one of those things last night where I just kind of remembered how great we've had it and how spoiled I've become. So anyway, that was, I, I know I, I didn't want to take that much time, but I wanted to say this last week since it was kind of relevant, but since I didn't do it, I figured I'd do it this week. Thank you, Jay. If the right Chris Paul trade comes along, this whole thing's gone. This whole thing's done. <laughs> Agreed. I mean, somebody, all it takes is Orlando or whoever just saying, hey, we like what Chris Paul's done. We'll give you unprotected 2022, unprotected 2024, and whoever. Over. And then Sam says, thank you so much. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, I mean it's, it's for real. I mean, I don't know that. I, know, I don't. All. I don't know that a team will do that. I don't know that they will. But if somebody does, because the fact is that Chris Paul is an All Star, he will make the All Star team. That will happen, and he might make it, and Russell might not make the All Star team. Like that is a legitimate thing that could happen this year, which is wild to think about. But it's it's something that could really happen, and. When you have that, I mean, there's so many guys on this team where you're like, okay, is it, is it time to sell high on these guys? I mean, honestly, if the goal is to produce a decade-long run again and you have this opportunity in front of you where Gallo was incredible last night, Schroeder was incredible last night, Chris Paul just continues to be the all-star to this team, all three of them are not not going to be a part of the next next Thunder team that lasts a decade, right? They won't be. So, in it, you want. So, I think the ideal scenario is the Thunder just push through this season, go to the playoffs, see what you can do. Because I don't think it's out of the question that if the Thunder meet the Rockets in the playoffs, that the Thunder beat them. I don't think that's out of the question. The Rockets have a lot of question marks to me. I know they're winning, like, at a good clip. They're up there in the top two or three seeds. But, man, if Eric Gordon can't be anything, they are in trouble. Dude, their bench is pretty shallow. Like, Austin Rivers misses all of his shots last night, and all of a sudden you look at their bench points, and there's nothing. Ben McLemore, you don't expect much from him anyway. Well, and, and you uh, can erase Chris Clemens' 14 points that he scored in garbage yeah. time, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
it's pretty rough. And I will also say Steven Adams is that's the most aggressive he's ever played against Capella. Yep. Usually Capella gets games over him. He went at Clint Capella so hard last night. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was it was he wonderful. Is the best version of himself right now, man. That's he is. He is. Like, I could see a team make him. Like, I really could. Like, I don't know what it looks like because he does have a, a pretty significant contract. But the Hawks have so much cap space next year. Like, they're not going to be upset to do something like that. And if they get desperate enough to make a move, like, Steven Adams makes way more sense for the Hawks than Andre Drummond does. Steven oh, Adams yeah. makes more sense for everybody than Andre Drummond does. Right. <laughs> right, right. So um, that's the one that I would think is maybe the most uh, – that would be that would be so hard for our fan base. But it's he may have – I mean, Gallo I think is easily probably because he's inspiring and because he has a skill that everybody wants. But I think Steve is up there as somebody that, that I would be thinking – that there are teams making phone calls about. Yeah. And he's, he's been great. I mean, literally, he killed Joel Embiid. He did. And he's one to me that I think that you you put the price tag so high that maybe he is a guy that sticks around for the next era. Because he's young enough. I mean, and Schroeder's, he and Schroeder are the same age. Like, Schroeder's young enough too. But I honestly, I, I don't know that Schroeder wants to be a bench player. Actually, I know he does not. So... But I do think that Steven Adams could be a guy that sticks around for the next era of the Thunder because I, I think that his next contract will be way more palatable to the team and to the salary cap. I think that he, he's, a, he's a leader in the locker room. He's really good, and I do believe that he will shoot threes eventually. Like, we're not, even, we're not at peak value Adams. And Dude, so, I thought that was going to happen the other night. There was a point where he was open in the corner yeah. and he looked at the basket and decided no and passed it back to Chris Paul. And you could tell Chris was kind of <laughs> irritated with it, but they yeah. moved on. Chris is really this is what I've really learned to appreciate about Chris Paul. And I'm sorry if you were wow. still going, Andrew. No, no, no. I want I I you can't say that phrase and not this, talk. So please, is, please go. Me, let me let me prep this question. So this is uh from at Bruzawa. Bruzawa. And the question is, is Taylor getting his CP tattoo on his shoulder or inner thigh? So go ahead, Taylor. I told everyone before the season started, this exactly what's happening is happening. I did not like Chris Paul at the start. I didn't want this. Mm -hmm. I didn't want any of this season to happen this way (laughs) because I knew we were, they were going to be good. And I knew we were going to fall for it. And look at us. We're saying like, does the does ownership actually just want to see what this team can do? They're and maybe, twenty-two and sixteen, like, man. No I one know, thought they'd be this it. good. I knew that. The, no, I think we did. We thought not this they good. Could push for not the playoffs, this good. Come on, not this playoffs. good. No, no, no. No one. Very few people. Jay sounded like a lunatic pr- predicting that they make the playoffs. I, it's a, it was a bold prediction that they would make the eight seed. Go back and listen. Everybody thought that yeah. it was it was dumb, 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 dumb. And it clearly was All not. Right. I also, I still haven't gotten credit for the fact that I watched Portland play early on in the season. And I sent a text to Michele and Andrew that said, I think the Thunder's roster is better than Portland's. <laughs> Get past Dame and CJ. Like, that yeah. roster is garbage. And look, yeah, it's look, garbage. Look what I did. Wow, Jay. Wow, Jay. Jay the um, prophet. Good, good job, Homer, man. 
I just, you know. You should yeah, start a... Sometimes, sometimes blind homerism actually pays <laughs> actually off. Actually pays off. <laughs> <laughs> um, but this is what I've really learned to appreciate about Chris Paul, is he just moves on to the next thing immediately. If a play doesn't work out, if a pick and roll, if coverage is different on a pick and roll, he moves to the next thing. It's like, it's nonstop. He has, you know, seven different moves in his head. And he tells everyone what to do, like the, like the case the other night with, with Steve. He passes it to Steve. He's in the corner. He doesn't take the shot. Chris Paul says, okay. He just accepts it, and they move on into the next thing. And it's so good. I mean, the flow in this half court, I've never seen it on this, on a team that I've been a fan of. Mm-hmm. Like this kind of half court flow. It's yeah. always been. Well, and it's, and it's a tribute to really the whole team. I mean, you have guys yeah. that like Gallinari took eleven shots last night. I mean, that's he was fire, and he was awesome. He made seven of eleven shots. Like that dude should have taken twenty shots last night with the way he's playing. You have Adams that takes eight, Chris Paul fourteen, Ferg four, Shea fifteen, and they all had two or more assists each. Three for Shea, two for Ferg, five for Chris, three for Adams, and four for Gallo. Like everybody moves the ball. Everybody does the right thing. Nobody cares who shoots it. Nobody cares. Just as long as they get a good shot. If they have a mismatch, they don't care who it is. It's like, okay, you got the mismatch, we're going to you. You got the mismatch, we're going to you. Let's move the ball. Let's make sure that we get the right shot. And that's what they do. And they've been it's, – it's like the unselfish team basketball that the Thunder really have never experienced because they've had top five players in the NBA always – but it's kind of the basketball that I think that I think Thunder fans have craved a little bit, especially after the last two years. And it's and it's working to a massive degree. I mean, they scored thirty-seven points in the first quarter. And, yeah. and, and the crazy and in addition to that, only one player played over thirty minutes last night. Yep. yep. Some of that was garbage time, obviously, like they were up enough, but it's like they are managing the load for these guys in a way that's going to make it to where like I know this whole thing could blow up in the next month like trade deadlines a month away mm-hmm. the whole thing could change but you know the Nuggets don't get excited about the possibility of playing the Thunder in the first round like that was like nobody's excited about that yeah um, I mean the Lakers I think would roll them I think the Clippers if they're fully healthy I think the same thing but man once you get past that who knows man like, it's crazy. Now, like I said, it could all blow up within a month. I don't know that uh, anybody would roll this team. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe that's unfair to say. But, hey, I do think we're – so, number uh, – there's two things I want to mention because I'm going to have to leave here in about 20 minutes or so, and I, I don't want to miss one of them. Number one is I think it's when there's so many things, so many great things talking about, so many big moments, it's easy to forget that, like, there were a lot of other players last night that were just unbelievable. Uh, Shea Gilgis is just, you remember when we thought he took a dip down? We're like, okay, well, he's coming back to earth a little bit. This was probably a month ago. And he has just gone insane. He was unbelievable last night. And I just can't, I'm like, the only thing I think about Shea sometimes is like, is Shea's development going to make it too hard for the Thunder to bottom out? I don't think so. I don't know. Especially I mean, think about all these games that, that Chris Paul and Schroeder have had to save this year. 
Like if it weren't for those I mean, two scoring at the clip that they have sometimes in fourth, especially we would have more games. The Thunder had Westbrook and Durant on a team that was bottomed out. Yeah, it was just so early on in their career. And by the time Shea's going to be by himself, it could be his third or fourth year. You have Baisley two years in. I mean, you've got some guys that are like the timeline's just a little wonky is what I'm what I'm. Kind I mean, of you take Chris like, Paul, you take Gallinari, you take Schroeder. Yeah, off the it, team. It changes the dynamic. I'm not I'm not necessarily talking this year. I'm talking like if any of these guys develop over the next few years, like what does it look like in 2022? There's just not enough. Like there's just not enough. Like Shea's really good. Like we know how good Shea is, but he, I don't know how many guys could, if you took those three off the team, like how many of those guys could elevate how many, how many guys in the NBA period, I don't care what year they're in, could elevate a team to where they're not a cellar dweller. I don't know that there's many. For sure. And I want my, I guess my thought maybe is like, and maybe my mind is just a little bit, you know, messed up because I'm thinking like you have to be like a 22 win team, you know, like, or a 15 win team. Like, yeah. And they still may be that, but it's, it's I would the guess reminder, they will you be. You don't have to, you don't have to be the Hawks again to necessarily guarantee that you're going to get in those top picks. So I think about Memphis, right? Like, so you look at Memphis, Memphis is just way faster in the process than I think they really thought they would be. Uh, Jaw and Jaron Jackson and Brandon Clark, like they just, they've got some guys that are like, oh, well, crap, I guess we're here. Like they're legitimately (laughs) in the running for the eighth seed in the West, which part of that's because the West is down. Yeah, I was going to say part of that's because the eighth seed is like a team that's way below 500. But it is one of those things. They're still playing way better than they thought they would be. And I'm just wondering, like, could the Thunder, if the Thunder make, in the next two drafts, even with like the 20th pick or the 18th pick or something, if they find somebody that kind of hits, I don't know. It could just make it to where they're going to, who knows what that future kind of tank is going to look yeah. like. John and Jaron were both top five picks. Right. For sure. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, and I mean, so- to me, like, great. Like you get two, if you can nail two top five picks, that's what the Thunder did early on. They nailed two top five picks. Like if you do that, yeah. great. And Brandon Clark. Like you nailed the great. You got those three. You're you're pretty much ready to go. Yeah. And the Thunder aren't there yet. They've got one guy. So, and the other person I want to just just kind of talk about was Terrence Ferguson. I thought Ferguson was fantastic on defense with James Harden. He just learned a lot. What's crazy is he learned a lot from Dre. Like here's how you defend Harden well. Uh, stay down. You know, make him go to his uh, right instead of his left. Like do all of these different things to try to combat the way Harden plays, which is really good. But what I really want to talk about was Kendrick Perkins. <laughs> you want to talk about Kevin? On a, and it's just crazy that on a night where Russell does everything right, Kevin sits at home and does everything wrong. <laughs> like, it's just, it's a, I mean, honestly, like it could, like last night could not have been a more picture perfect Thunder night. The Thunder dominate the Houston Rockets at home. Boom, that's one. The Thunder absolutely honor Russell Westbrook, and he, you know, gives the same respect back. Boom. Kevin Durant, stupid online about his Thunder era. Boom. It was just perfect. Like, every single thing about last night, it was just the perfect Thunder night. Uh, It's just unbelievable. And the fact that it was Perk that was the one. And people were saying this, like, this was kind of the, the buzz, like, at, halftime of the at the game was like you know 
Perk's not saying anything that any that you know that's new. I say, yeah, but no, no Thunder teammate of his has ever stood up and said this, you know, online, like in a conversation on Twitter. Like nobody's ever done this. Is this is Kevin's mistake in taking this to Twitter is just unbelievable. Like it's just another way of like Kevin just completely missing the moment, like completely misunderstanding what he's doing. This should have been this should have been a text conversation between he and Perk. It's like, hey Perk, remember me? I was pretty awesome too. And he's like, yeah, oh yeah, Kevin, you know, no, no problem, whatever. But instead, he takes to Twitter and then Kendrick Perkins, who is really the 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 most front runner guy in the NBA media right now takes it as an opportunity to, like, he knows what the opportunity is like, Oh, this is great. Like, if I do this, this will blow up. And he's just sitting there. It's just, a, it's just amazing. Like, it's just, what an amazing night. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Kendrick for uh, taking it to another level. It was so crazy, man. I was just sitting there thinking there are so many different you know, historical points of the team I love all converging in one place tonight. It was like all these different years are overlapping and everything's working out. And you're right, Andrew is a perfect thunder night and Kendrick Perkins beat Kevin Durant. Like people were like, like when KD responded the first time with, you know, you got two and three, you averaged two and three that series. You tried hard champ or whatever. Yeah. People were like, oh man, KD bodied Perk. And all it honestly, Perk said that, and it was the most obvious thing he could have said. But you're right. It's so unexpected because he was a teammate of KD's yeah. for like a while. And Perk was also the guy who said, you know, when KD and Russ were fighting, when Kevin Durant left, Perk was the guy who you know, Kevin Durant would call is what he told everyone. We don't mm-hmm. know if that's true, but God, it was, it was so dramatic. It was amazing. Also, I think we're just, we should be really thankful that Russ didn't try to fight anyone last night. Cause we could have had a hardened to beat situation on our hands. And <laughs> like you talk about how good the fans were last night. I think we should just be glad that uh, we didn't have to put pressure on anyone with Russ fighting someone on the, yeah. on the thunder. Yeah. It was just too, it, the whole feeling just felt like, this is a weird word to say, but it felt too sweet. Like, yeah, yeah. it wasn't even there. Like, none of that was there. Like, he did this whole thing where he came over to the press, where the press sit, and he did this little, like, arrow thing to the crowd. And the Stay crowd on your mic, like, Jay. You're fading away. I, well, I'm trying, man. I'm here, right here. Okay. So, he did that arrow thing. <laughs> the crowd goes nuts. He does the thing where he runs to the corner and gets everybody hyped up. Like, yeah. there wasn't a one singular like Russ really couldn't be Russ some sense last night like it just was too good of a feeling in that arena and nobody you know like everybody I loved when Steven was talking about that on the Woj pod or not Woj pod the Zach Lowe pod he's like like you've got to play Russ the way that he would want you to play because that's how he trained you like he taught us to be or wanted to lead us to be and uh, you could just feel like they were trying to play him. Like Schroeder, Schroeder and him were getting at it, which was really funny. Oh, yeah. Multiple times where you could see Schroeder smiling from we were in the 200s, and like you could see Schroeder smiling. Yeah, yeah. As he was getting on Russ, and and man, it was just like it never really got that. Plus, I mean, you know, like the Rockets were on the second night of back to back, and it's pretty much Russ versus the Thunder. Like nobody else really played. James Harden was awful, which was he was so bad. He's bad, but the Thunder also defended him really well. 
They did. It was a combination for sure, but it was like just like what? Yeah, he was. Yeah, not but himself. OKC OKC doesn't even have like that good of strip clubs, so it's kind of concerning <laughs> that he Atlanta. played that bad. Atlanta. So this yeah. is my this is my theory is that Harden they went out. He was like, listen, I know tomorrow's going to be a big day in Oklahoma City, but I got like three hours post game that I need to go hit some places up in Atlanta. Uh, or were they in, were they in Houston or Atlanta, whatever they, the, anyway, wherever they were, I have three hours before we need to hit the road for Oklahoma city. So you all just hold the plane. I know I'll be tired tomorrow, but I got to get this in. That's what happened. That's my, <laughs> if somebody asked you a question probably funny on, on Twitter at whippy asked the thunder are still paying Kyle singular. So <laughs> you expect the thunder invite him to Chesapeake in October to receive a championship ring. <laughs> Yeah, he's on the roster. No, he's not on the roster, but yeah, he's on the payroll. Uh, Kyle's like been in town, like in OKC. I guess he still has yeah, out his here. Favorite so. float tanks are around here, man. With some good tanks, man. Uh, yeah. Any anything else from last night that that struck you guys? We can go over to some Twitter questions for and go through those. Uh, I I do have to mention. So Russell gets off the bus, walks into the arena. And immediately picks a booger and flicks it <laughs> to the ground. And I caught it on video. And I just could, I just could still, I'm just so excited about it. Oh, I, now I can hear myself. Um, Sorry, you're back. Wow. Uh, I'm still just, just elated that I caught that on video. Just by the it's way. Such a, such a great... Uh, such a great catch and such a great pick by uh, Russ. Not really known for his picks, but this year's been different for him. His elite pick and flick. I I seriously almost went to find the booger. <laughs> to eat it? Not just to, just to make sure, just to verify. I mean, you saw it. We have video evidence. We've seen enough. But I that I, man picked his not. nose and flicked it. He did, and it may have hit somebody. And it was just one more moment where russ completely humanized himself to the thunder fan base he's like you know what i'm one of you pick flick this is me i'm no different than you are this is how we do it (laughs) this is how we all do it shows he just does not care like he'll wear the clothes he likes to wear but also he does not care if you think he's doing something inappropriate it's true the thunder the thunder have i mean four i mean all four of these games that they have come well five if you go all the way up to next saturday uh all teams that, I don't know, 50-50. I don't know what they would be favored or not favored in these games. So they play the Lakers on Saturday night, which more than likely it feels like Anthony Davis is not going to play. Yeah, I don't think he uh, is. They play at Minnesota on Monday night, which who knows? I mean, great <laughs> Thunder teams have lost in Minnesota. Minnesota's a dumpster fire from time to time. Who knows? Yeah. Then they're back home on Wednesday and Friday against Toronto and Miami. Miami is playing out of their mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at home, like you got to think the Thunder have a chance to win. They play Toronto, Miami, and Portland in those three games yep. back to back. And they get Houston back. again. So I, I just one of those things where I mean it could be. I mean I have no idea what to expect from this team. It's wild. I know. I mean you get to this point where you have Spurs, Cleveland, Philly, Brooklyn, Houston. Like okay, well if they can win half of those games, then I think they're in good shape. Well they they won. They only lost one of them, <laughs> and then they, which they still were in. They they had every chance to beat the Sixers. They did. They really did. 
The and, Bias Harris hit a huge three down the line, but man, it was like they were in it. Mm-hmm. And Mike Scott, man, killed him at the was end. My, yeah. And then, yeah, the, this next stretch to me will determine because everybody's like, can the Thunder get the sixth seed? Well, I don't think they can, but if if they can win a majority of the, if they can like Lakers at Minnesota, Toronto, Miami, Portland, Houston, if they can win three of those games. That's half the games. I don't think it's out of the question that they can that they can get to to the sixth seed because uh, Dallas, you know, Dallas has been five and five in their last ten. They've got Porzingis yeah. out for a little while. Yeah, he just got. I think what do they call it? PCP injections or whatever. He got injected PCP with PCP, injections. and now he's a superhuman, <laughs> and now he's oh, running man. through walls and he's you jumping over the backboard. Before. PCP <laughs> Porzingi. <laughs> PC Porzingi. Oh, what is it? Uh... PCP Porzingi. <laughs> <laughs> He's a monster. Okay, sorry. Well, no, he got a PRP. Like a in- <laughs> <laughs> he got a PRP injection. But I do seems like a good time for me to bow out. Good to see you guys. I do. Okay. I do want to see PCP Porzingi. Very soon. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah, the Mavs, uh, they they lost a huge game to the Nuggets the other night on a on a Jokic back down on Dorian Finney-Smith. I felt really bad for him. I don't know if you guys watched that game, but Dorian Finney-Smith on the pass possession catches the ball while he's standing out of bounds and turns the ball over. And it was just <laughs> very sad. And then he just gets proceeds to just get destroyed by Jokic in the post. Gosh, dude, you just don't see game winners like that anymore either. <laughs> it was the weirdest game winner I've ever seen it in was. my life. And I was like, is this an NBA classic game I'm watching right <laughs> I, now? I know. You just don't see, it doesn't happen like that. It, and it's almost, uh, it's anticlimactic to end it was, a game like yes, that. Yes, that's exactly what I was about to say, is that it just didn't, usually like game winners feel like, oh, I can't believe he did that. Yeah. And it's like, yep, I can totally believe he did that. He's three times the size of that dude. <laughs> Got literally right underneath the basket and the Mavs. I, I don't like, I don't blame the Mavs for not really making a decision to double team him either. Yeah. Cause they were probably, none of them are used to that happening at the end of a game. No, nobody, nobody it's, in this era is used to defending <laughs> a back down, especially, especially the Mavs who Rick Carlisle just got, you know, done two weeks telling everybody how horrible like post shots are. And like oh, post so touches funny. are, and then they, that. and then they lose the game on a post touch. And it's, oh my God. And it's also, it's also funny. Like the way that Chris Paul beat the nets who are one of, you know, one of the teams like the Rockets where it's like, okay, only shots in the paint and only threes. And Chris Paul's yeah. like, I'll beat you with the mid range shot. Like I'll destroy you with the mid range shot. And he did. And he has all season. Yeah. And it's, and it's funny. It's just, it is hilarious to watch Chris Paul beat the Rockets with his mid-range jumper. Like, it's just unbelievable. Well, it's funny. This this team this year, it does remind me of a Spurs approach in the sense of the Spurs are really good at looking at their team and coming up with a game plan or a way to play that gets the most out of the players and the skills that those players have, yep. right? So yep. it's like it makes sense for this Thunder team, especially to end games that way mm-hmm. when things break down. And it's all, it's very ISO or just 
pick one five spread pick and roll heavy. Mm-hmm. It makes a lot of sense to do that. And like Schroeder's a pretty good mid range guy. He's been good. And Shea good mid range. Mm-hmm. And uh, God, it just makes sense. And it's not like it's not. It doesn't feel mid range heavy. It just feels like the right decisions are being made. And yeah. I like that. I like that they're not just making a blanket decision to not take mid-range shots Mm -hmm. because i do think that there's if you're too black and white about anything i think you will uh you know not not get the full potential out of your team i Mm -hmm. think the rockets could be better if they accepted mid-range shots more and they weren't so robotic and even rockets fans say that they're like we've got to diversify this a little bit right (laughs) i think it would be nice to have that and because like teams know teams will know how you're going to play every single game every game they know and the and the truth is that the, the rockets are good enough at those things that it doesn't yeah. matter but when and i think it has mattered come playoff time where it's like okay we're gonna throw everybody at james and we're yep. gonna make everybody else beat us and if they do yep. so be it but uh hey you want to answer some more twitter questions yeah twitter questions oh my yes Okay, at Jax underscore row asks, should Perk's number go up in the rafters after his exchange with KD? <laughs> we kind of talked about this already. Uh, the answer is no, but... <laughs> seriously, but I, no. Seriously, no, he should not. Uh, we should probably forget that he was a Thunder player. But um, I don't know. I like him as a media member. I like his approach. He's not being boring. I he's like that he's boring. trying to be kind of dramatic. No. Last night was so great for ESPN and everybody mm-hmm. because this this season has lacked controversy. This season has lacked, like, big emotional moments. It's funny because I think, like, the lifeblood of the NBA media is, one, player movement, and two, controversy. Yeah. And, and it, the lifeblood is not good basketball. Because I yeah. think this season has had a ton of good basketball, but it has not had a ton of controversy, and it has not had a ton of player movement. And yeah. so I think that's a part of like why the ratings have been down, is because you haven't had much of either one of those things. And then last night, you had you had some of that, you know, you had some controversy going on, and then you had like all the emotion with Russell and stuff. I think people wanted to watch, but. Um, I think that's a good thing. It's a good thing for the NBA. Like as much as we complain about Kevin, like Kevin getting on Twitter and doing all this is honestly, it's a good thing for the NBA. Like at the yeah. end of the day. Totally. And this, and Perk being able to provide context and talk about this Thunder team. This isn't the only team he's been able to do that for. He did that with the Celtics too. I mean, yeah. his first venture into media, he was kind of talking about, the Celtics infighting Mm -hmm. and drama and Ray Allen leaving. And like, he was the only one from that Celtics team talking about it and he could get the other guys to say little things about it. But, uh, he's a, he's not great to listen to on the jump, (laughs) but the content he provides is pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, at Pepsi United, do you think that great results of the three guard lineup will change how Sam Presti evaluates players on the, on the draft? And will he turn to a more skilled players rather than raw athletes with little basketball skills? Uh, you can answer that. 
<laughs> I think honestly, here's here's the deal. Sam got Russell, Kevin, and James Harden, mm-hmm. and to help those guys, like Sam really values defense. Like you need athletic defenders to be around those guys because they are taking care of all of your scoring, all of it. They're taking care of it, and so Sam, his approach was okay. What's the best type of player to put around these guys? It's like athletic guys that can defend and kind of take the load off of these guys on the defensive end. Great. I'm going to go get them. Sam came from San Antonio. He came from San Antonio, who values skilled basketball players. He was very instrumental in bringing Tony Parker into the organization there. Um, you know, loves Manu Ginobili. Like, Sam Presti loves this kind of basketball. He does. And I think that I think that it will change. I don't everybody thinks that Sam's type is like this raw athletic player that doesn't have much basketball skill. Those are just some of the guys that have worked out for him. Like you go back and you look at Cameron Payne. <laughs> Cameron Payne was that's not his player profile. If Cameron Payne would have worked out, like people would talk about him a different a little bit differently, you know, and about what Sam's type is. Mitch Bagheri was not that type of player. He was a very skilled uh, power forward, like really skilled player. Could dribble, could pass, could shoot. He could do everything. Uh, Demonis Sabonis, not a guy that was like a raw athlete, but just like a really skilled NBA player. Now, those are also all these guys that Sam had ch- has chosen, but they've either been traded or they didn't work out. The guys that have worked out, like Andre Robertson and Jeremy Grant and Tavo Cephalosha, that beca- it became like his quote-unquote type because those were the guys that actually worked out and that could play. Yeah. Terrence Ferguson. Yeah. Like those are the guys that have worked out and it somehow becomes like Sam's type. Well, Sam just likes good basketball players. <laughs> that's I mean, that's just the truth. Yeah. And it just so happened that the guys that worked out for him happened to be raw, athletic guys that don't have a ton of, you know, floor game. But yeah. Anyway. And he's also uh, he also will tr- <laughs> guys that are not his type i mean he traded yeah. for victor oladipo mm-hmm. who's not the, i mean victor oladipo is a good all-around player and a good shooter and had the best three-point shooting averages in his year here yep. so i think he had his best shooting performance when he was here so you're right uh it's not it's not that's not the only type of guy he goes for but i hadn't thought about it that way that those are the guys that tend to work out on this team especially mm-hmm. next to guys like russell but maybe it changes now that russell isn't here maybe it changes now that they don't have a prolific score like kevin durant that needs to take 20 shots i think it changes and i think that he loves yeah. he loves this brand of basketball i would guess and so i yeah. think i think he would like to have a team that plays this way he lo- I mean, he loves Chris Paul. Wanted to trade for him. Wanted him on this team. It just happened to work out that he played for the Rockets and he had the same contract that Russell did, only one year less. Like, it, mm-hmm. That worked out well. And, it's, and I think it's worked out way better than he could have ever imagined, honestly. I mean, I don't know that anybody would have looked at the Thunder schedule and then said, yeah, they'll be firmly the seventh seed and way above. <laughs> above 500 at this point i don't think so i mean this is crazy uh at tyler k woodward when was the last time if ever that a team forward slash community loved a player the way that okc loved russ on his first game back i can't think of anything that relates 
I think Miami with Dwayne Wade. When he yeah. came when he came back, when he was with Cleveland, is one. Because it was just like total admiration and respect and love for him. Because I mean, Dwayne, what he did one early on in his career, winning that title with Shaq, and the way that he did it was incredible. And then he battled yeah. injuries, battled back, became like that superstar again. And not only became that superstar again, but brought LeBron James and Chris Bosch to their team. Yeah. I Dwayne mean, Wade is probably the most loyal superstar to a city that was able to leave to a couple different teams and still keep the same amount of respect and still be known as yeah. a Miami guy. Oh, Chicago was the even, first one. Yeah, not Cleveland, Chicago. Yeah. Chicago and then Cleveland, but yeah. he Dwayne Wade doesn't even live in Miami anymore either. He's <laughs> he doesn't even go to the games. It's like Bosch does, I he guess. He lives in L.A. now. Yeah. Bosch lives there and goes to all those games, <laughs> and he's loved too. Yeah, he's but awesome. Like, Bosch has become a Miami person because of Dwayne Wade. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. it's it, that's probably the right answer. Um, I think that Dwayne Wade, as loyal as Russ was. I think Dwayne Wade still did more for his city than Russ. Oh, Golly, man. you're such a I hater. Got in, I got wow. myself in quite a pickle. Huh? You are such a hater. Here's the thing is that it takes a very, it, the circumstances have to be almost perfect for something like this to happen. One, you have to have a great player. Two, you have to have a great player that stays pretty much his entire prime. And then three, everybody has to be okay with them parting ways. <laughs> like it has to be like this, like mutual breakup. That's like, okay, it was time. This is, this is good for them. It's good for us. And it was that way with that, with Dwayne Wade in Miami when he went to Chicago, like it wasn't, it's not like none of it's like ideal, like per, like picture perfect, but it's like, okay, like I get it. You know, he wants and to go play in Chicago. Like I get it. He wants to go play in Chicago. You know, I, I get it. You know, Russell wants to go play with Houston after Paul George leaves. Like everybody's like, yeah, I don't love it, but I get it. And it just takes, and there's not many times where that happens. Like obviously LeBron James didn't do that uh, with, with the teams that he left. Um, Kevin Durant, obviously in both s- situations did not leave on good terms. Uh, Anthony Davis did not leave on good terms. Shaq did not leave on good terms with e- any of his teams. It's a, in it, it it takes a very specific set of circumstances to to get there um but russell did and it without it and without a championship as a sweetener too like yeah. dwayne wade dwayne wade had three championships there you yeah. know it's like uh okay thank you mm-hmm. russ does not russ did not win a championship he did. here so he, he it's didn't. almost more of a miracle that it has yeah. been this way sure you know yeah yeah, it's crazy, it's but I think D Wade is really like the the closest thing to it. I think so. Uh, when LeBron left Cleveland the second time to go to the Lakers, that was what was that weird? I can't remember. Everybody just knew it was coming. Like the whole season, it was like, well, LeBron's going to the Lakers. Everybody knows that. You yeah, know? he won a championship, so it's fine. He won the title, and it it hurts less when yeah. you win a title, especially the way that they yeah. did it, and just yeah. competing every single year with the warriors and then it feeling like in like almost inevitable like uh, we're we will never beat them again like that (laughs) will never happen 
Uh, Cody yeah. Kaiser wants to know how many times did you cry? He cried three times. The tribute video, Russ's OKC intro, and Nicol- the Nick Collison handshake with Steve-O at the end. Uh, <clears throat> did you feel emotional? I'm not, at, on I'm your- not soft. I didn't cry. <laughs> did, you, did you feel emotional at all, like at home watching it? Uh, no, I think, I think I had to be there. I I was like watching it on my computer too. It was like the mm-hmm. most impersonal way to watch it, The only thing that would have made it more distant feeling is if I watched it on my phone. Yeah. Right. With no sound on. Right. Yeah. <laughs> In the arena, it was very, it was very, a very charged like environment, like emotionally charged yeah. environment. And I think everybody felt emotional, at least to a degree, which was pretty incredible. Uh, at only was the media, er- was the oh. media kind of weird. Did you guys know what to do up there? I mean, everybody's just, especially during like the introductions and all that stuff. Like everybody's just trying to get video. So yeah, I mean, everybody knew they could do that. Everyone was crying and not looking at each <laughs> other, so no one knew each other was crying. I, I would actually love to know who was actually crying. Oh man, I wish you would have looked around, dude. I should have just got. I should have just gotten. I should have just gotten video of like all the media members and see if I could catch any tears. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That would have been awesome. That would have been awesome. Uh, At only the Earth isn't this isn't a question, but the Thunder's Instagram video of Russ quietly singing "My City" was what got me the most. Just another crying moment. Uh, At Kyle. Hannah Baker, do we really want to add anyone via trade? This team is clicking, and I'm afraid of adding someone could just ruin the chemistry. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know. It just depends. Like, I, I don't know. Do we need to care this much about trades? The only, the only <laughs> thing I care about, like, is if we trade someone away and we start to get worse. No. I don't really care that much about adding people. Because yeah. right now it's kind of just this is fun because it's you didn't expect it to be this way. Mm-hmm. So now if you start trading for someone, I feel like now you're putting more pressure on the team to succeed more. You're saying, OK, we just need a couple more of these guys and we can actually make a push for for what? I don't know, because you're not going to trade to get anyone that's going to make you a contender this year. So I don't right. really care that much about trading for people. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean the chemistry I mean if if you trade one of the guards, one of the three guards, then you're like the chemistry is gonna be wonky anyways. Because like that's where to me like that's the chemistry is between those three. And then you have yeah. I think the Gallo spot I think Gallo is obviously he's awesome. But that if you just have a good spot up shooter there, like you're like you're okay. Um and then Steven is huge to it. So really, if any of those of those four, I think I think they can withstand a Gallo trade, especially if they can. They'll have to bring back somebody that has a significant contract, which means that they either once were good or they are currently good. Like it's it's one of those things. Uh, but the Thunder aren't going to trade like a first round pick to get somebody back. That's just it's just not going to happen. And so like an an upgrade, I think is is difficult. Um, but if it is somebody like Covington or something like that, where you can take really their chance to upgrade is within Andre Robertson's deal. And the fact that it's expiring, if you can trade Andre's deal with 
I don't even know who you trade with them. If, I mean, maybe they would be willing to trade Ferguson. I don't know. I I don't know that they really are. But I'm just saying, like, if that's that could be a thing in which they trade those two guys and then bring back a bigger wing, in which I don't think it would disrupt the chemistry. I, I think that you could even enhance the roster a little bit. And you're basically saying, like, hey, we have this big expiring contract. We can help give you some cap relief or some cap space this summer if you would like that. And the Thunder don't care about cap space. They don't care. Honestly, if the trade puts them in the tax, I don't think or keeps them in the tax, I don't think they care. Like I really don't. <coughs> as long as they can upgrade but, uh, their roster and have a future asset. That's the thing, is like the trades, I don't uh, we shouldn't care that much about chemistry. Because if we make a trade for us, it's gonna be a trade that's uh looking toward the future. You know, it's something that always. might yeah. very always. And so if you're making a trade with that in mind, then why then don't care that much about this year. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't. That's the point of trading is not for this year. Mm-hmm. Yep. No doubt. I mean, the eye is on the future for the Thunder and you, we have to know that with whatever move is made. Mm-hmm. It's it's all about the next decade that looks like this past decade. That's what that's what the look is. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Um. Let's see. We'll. Uh, Paul, our Valentine, wants to know, will Russ get a triple-double against the Thunder this season? It's the all, still the only team the Thunder has not, or that Russell Westbrook has not gotten a triple-double against is the Oklahoma <laughs> City <own>. Thunder. <laughs> and he wasn't close last night, like not even close. No, he was, uh, but I don't, it, it's harder for him to get triple-doubles on this Rockets team. Even when he has the ball, yeah. it's just not set up for him to do it that way. And uh, they ran the way he ran the offense in OKC made it very easy for him to get assists mm-hmm. pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And it's just different in Houston. And when he has the ball, it's clear it like he needs to score. And especially last night, if he wasn't thinking about scoring, it would have been even worse. Mm-hmm. The score, you know, like the game, it would have been a 30 point blowout if he was trying to get assists off and, and all that. So uh, I don't know. He, I, I, I'll say no. Yeah. Uh, okay. I think that's there it. Is there go. anything else that you that you need to say or get off your chest? Oh, no. Uh, I'm glad it's over, man. <laughs> you know, I was looking forward to it, but uh, it's just a lot of pre- a lot of pressure, a lot of anxiety, a lot of excitement. Sometimes it feels good for these things to just be done. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what this was like. This was like, you guys said it earlier, you know, how it couldn't have gone any better Yeah. from Russ, from the fans, everything like that. And it's like, it's like if you're in a long-term relationship and you're breaking up, but it's just weird and you make love that one last time and you both know this is the last time <laughs> oh <my laughs> and it's perfect and you both walk away, no strings attached and it's just amazing. That's what it was. Yeah. We made Russ and the fans, we all made sweet love to each other <laughs> and it couldn't have gone any better. Okay. Um, <laughs> so Sam Amick just wrote an article on the athletic. I uh, wish you should subscribe to the athletic just talking about the thunders, what they're going to do with the thunders, what the thunder are going to do <laughs> in, the, in the trade market. <laughs> um, and I think that now everybody's just completely confused, as we are. As like, what do the yeah. Thunder do? You know, I mean, do they trade Gallinari? I mean, they probably do. Um, 
but they have other options. They have options this summer with him. And so, um, it's, <laughs> I don't, and Sam like doesn't have like a conclusion really as to what they're going to do. It's like, they're, they're really good and they might trade him, but I don't know, maybe not. We'll uh, see what Sam Presti decides to do. And the thing is, Presti is not going to change his decision. Like, Everything he's is so calculated. He spent the whole summer when they traded for Chris Paul. He had a plan. Mm-hmm. He has a long term plan. Oh, he's yeah. not going to change that because he's excited that we're winning games we weren't expected to. Yeah, because the the reality doesn't change. Like mm-hmm. the point is to win championships. That's exactly. This right. team cannot win a championship unless every te- unless like AD and LeBron and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard get injured and uh, <laughs> you know. Gordon Hayward and Jalen Brown get injured on right. the other side. Right. Exactly. Uh, I have one more question for you, Taylor. Are you miffed and are you peeved? Miff, 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 miffed and peeved. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of miffed. I, I, I did want Russ to get in a fight with someone last night. Who Just would you want him more? to fight? Uh, I think it would have been cool to see. Well, what, the, the coolest fight would have been Harden and Chris Paul. Because that would have been awesome. Oh my god, that would have been amazing. So we didn't even mention uh, the Chris Paul nutmeg on Isaiah Hartenstein, oh yeah. which was incredible. And I did ask Chris Paul about it last night after the game. What did he say? I said, "What?" I said, "What's going through your head as you're <laughs> nutmegging Isaiah Hartenstein?" He said, "Make the shot." He's like, "I was so scared I was going to miss that <laughs> yeah, shot." <laughs> he said i'm usually not that, that is... wide open going into the paint and he said it he said i hardenstein came out way too far and he knew it and so he just poor isaiah hardenstein just got completely embarrassed last night in my in my head last night i'm watching the game and i'm like is isaiah hardenstein any good and as i'm thinking that schroeder is just blowing past him to the rim and i'm like oh okay <laughs> No, Hardenstein was supposed to be the Rockets' like secret weapon that no one knew about. <laughs> well, we know, we know now that he cannot he cannot compete against the three guard line of of the Thunder. Oh man! If Russ was yelling at like Billy, that would have been crazy. That would have been crazy. Russ and Schroeder went at it like they were not. They exchanged it, some heated words. It was it not all. So- though it did feel so friendly i don't know that it was all in good that all of it was in good fun really? russ was rocking the baby on him i think i think i think schroeder got a little pissy with him really yeah i think so i don't know maybe maybe schroeder thought it was gonna be like friendly competition and then he forgot that russ uh doesn't give a crap about friendship he has no friends on the court on on the court yeah yeah he's got no friends yeah <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think, am I miffed? What's happened this week that I could have possibly been miffed about? Any uh, appliances? All your appliances still working? Everything's working. <laughs> I don't know if John Hamm wanted me to share this, but John Hamm gave me a miffed and peeve from, from his life okay. last night. Uh, okay. John Hamm uh, was looking for a specific pair of shoes, and he could not find... He couldn't find them anywhere. And then he found them online, showed them to his wife. He's like, aren't these, these are the shoes. These are them. She's like, yeah, that's great. Order them. Order them. He gets to their house. He opens the box, looks at them, and he's like, these are rather narrow women's shoes. <laughs> Has to take them back to the Nordstrom rack. 
Oh, like that. Man. I was like, Ham, that is the perfect Miffed and Peeved. And it's it's perfect Miffed and so perfect that I had to share it on the fry pod. So really shout out to, sh- shout out to John Ham, who's just awesome. Just a great dude. Who wears women's shoes. <laughs> I I told him I said, if those fit you, you should have you should have just one of me said I would have. But they did not fit me. <laughs> oh That's, man! What if you're like you're like show me a picture and they're like stilettos or something, <laughs> right? Like you should have known these weren't gonna fit you, John. You should have known this ham. <laughs> oh man! Also, GMB because they had the best like cookie brownie bars at in the, uh, Thunder Media dining last night. They had wow. it was like a chocolate chip cookie that had like toffee in it. And it was like, it was perfect. It was amazing. Uh, Dude, uh, Quick Trip up here has a sugar cookie that has Nutella inside of it. Oh, wow. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Uh, thanks for listening to our podcast. Follow our podcast on Twitter at down to dunk Follow Taylor at Taylor2Cents. Is that right? Yeah, Is it Taylor's two cents or Taylor two cents? Uh, Taylor's two cents, but it's spelled two like T U E, like the start of Tuesday. Okay, that's good. Uh, <laughs> follow me at Andrew <laughs> K. Schlecht. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you're subscribed to the Athletic. Last night I did a podcast with Brett Dawson and with Eric Horn. Uh, that is for subscribers only. So you can listen on the Athletic app. You can listen on uh, your web browser as well. So make sure that you're subscribed to the Athletic. You can go check out that content. Tons of content out there today. Great Thunder stuff. So make sure that you're checking it all out on theathletic.com. Thanks so much for listening. And we will talk to you guys on Monday. song over yet <laughs>